So if you have your Bibles, please go to Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. If you don't have your Bible, we have the scripture on the screen. It says this. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper Worship, And so today we're continuing a series on Vision Sundays, and we're, we're talking about the direction of the church, and we're talking about the core values of our church, and we started the first Sunday talking about Jesus is our, nice, pursuit, that was one person, hope is our, flag, people are our, passion, and today we're going to talk about worship. Worship is our spirit, that is our fourth core value, and so I want to start off um, what am I going to start off with? A question? Maybe. You never know. I could start off with a question. Sometimes I do that. Um, have you ever done something without noticing until somebody tells you, hey, you're doing that? Stop it. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe you're clicking your pen too much. Maybe you're biting the inside of your cheek. Maybe you're picking your face. Maybe you're shaking a leg. Maybe you're, nail- you're biting your nails. Maybe you're saying okay at the end of every sentence. Maybe you're smacking your gum. Maybe you're humming with your headphones in. Maybe you're twisting the rings on your fingers. Maybe you're playing with your hair. I need to stop doing that. Maybe you're... <laughs> that went over so much better than I thought it would. Um, Maybe you clear your throat all the time. Maybe you're interrupting others mid-sentence. Maybe you're rolling your eyes. Maybe you're doing things that you don't notice that you're doing until somebody else notices it. I have a pet peeve, and it's uh, sometimes, if you do this, please, I'm not picking on you because I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but when you pray, some people, when they pray, Father God, you have to stop with the Father God's. Father God, thank you, Father God, because Father God, today, Father God, I'm going to ask you, Father God, that you help me, Father God, and Father God, I'm like, stop. Like, why do you have to keep saying the same thing? That's my own pet peeve. If you do that, that's okay. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm saying it bothers me, okay? And so some people do things without noticing it. So there's things that we do without noticing it, and I want to call your attention to something specific that we do that we do without noticing, and that is worship. Worship. Okay. What? Worship? Like you're saying we sing songs without noticing that we're singing songs? No, that's not what I'm talking about. So I want to I separate these two, and I want to first talk about what worship is and what worship is not, and then I'm going to address the fact that we do it without even noticing. So first of all, we have to understand what, what worship is. So, so when you think about the word worship, like, hey, worship, like what is worship? I picture this, hands up, you know, like in a time of worship, like that's what I normally think when I think about about worship. Or it's not uncommon in a service to say, hey, and now we're going to go into a time of worship, and then in your mind immediately, immediately you're like, okay, this is the singing part, right? So we assume that. We assume that that's what worship is. But, but the, 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 the reality is that, that worship has little to do with singing. So singing can be worship, but not all singing is worship, and not all worship is necessarily singing. Worship comes from the, the concept of worth-ship, okay? So, so you're attributing worth to something. You're, 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 the biblical concept is, is you're bowing down to something. You are uh, uh, presenting your worship to something. You are ad- attributing value to a, a certain thing. So I said earlier that we do this without noticing. So we're always worshiping. 
We're always attributing value to something. We're always bowing down, if you will, to something. We're adding value to something in, in our lives, which actually makes us a pretty unique part of creation, okay? Because, because every other created thing that God created worships God. Psalm 19 once says this, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so you look at all the things that God created, and it is all, have you noticed that? It is all worshiping God. So, so when a horse is galloping, it's worshiping God. When the ocean is, cr- is crashing the waves, those, that sound is worshiping God. A bird chirping is worshiping God. A volcano that's erupting is, is worshiping God. It is declaring the glory of God, his creation is just doing its thing, and by creation just doing its thing, it is attributing value to God, it is bowing down to God by doing what it was created to do. Now, creation has no choice other than worship its, its creator. But then we have mankind, right? So mankind is also created to worship God, to uh, uh, attribute value to God, but we have the option. We have an option. Um, let me just explain what the Bible says about declaring the, the worship of God and Siri's talking to me again. Isaiah 43:21 says this: "The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise." First Peter 2:9 says, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light." Matthew 4:10 says this, "Jesus said to him, "Away from me, Satan, for it is written, "Worship the Lord your God and serve him." Only. So we have verse after verse in the scripture that tells us that the reason why God created us was to worship God in everything that we do. Okay? But, but the problem is we have a choice. And we, ha- we see that at the beginning. This is our origin story, right? With the tree. At the beginning, we have this decision. What are we going to do? Who are we going to attribute worth to? And this, this proverbial tree is in front of us every single day. Like, no matter what we do, we have this choice that is placed in front of us, and we have to decide, what are, what are we going to do? Am I going to do what I want to do, or am I going to do what I was created to do? It happens all the time. You make this decision every day, every single day. What you watch, who you hang out with, what you choose to look at, how you respond, how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how you conduct yourself sexually. All these things, you are, you are presented before this proverbial tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you have to make this choice. So the question is, what will you bow down to? What will you worship? Who or what will you attribute worth to? And now you may ask yourself, well, why do we even have the choice? Like, why don't we just, like the rest of creation, God just created us to worship God and we just freely worship Him. Like, why the struggle? Why the temptation? Why the battle? Why do we have this option? Have you ever felt that? Like, oh, man, I really want to do that, but actually, I know the right thing to do, but it's just, oh, man, I just can't really... Do it. Like sometimes yes and sometimes no. Well, guess what? You're not alone, okay? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, I love this portion of Scripture, Romans 7, chapter 15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. 
And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This uh, I keep on doing. That's tongue twister. had a, tr- a little trouble with that. Now, if... Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. How many of you have ever felt this way? Please don't leave me hanging. Thank you. Most days, most days, right? Why doesn't God just eliminate the choice? Why do we have to struggle with these decisions? It seems like it would be so much easier for for everyone if it was just like, just do your thing and you're fine. Right? You always do the right thing. You don't have to think about it. But God made us special. One of the things that makes us special, his, his unique creation, is our ability to choose between right and wrong. And listen to this. It is precisely our ability to choose which gives us the ability to love, which is the theme of Jesus. If we don't have a choice, then we cannot love. And I'm going to unpack this here a little bit. We're the only thing in creation that that God created that has the choice to love back, except for dogs, right? Okay, that's a. I'll I'll make an exception there, but let's just say that it's all that we're the only ones in creation. It's an important distinction because it is Jesus's main theme. Why can't we just love Him without the struggle? Why can't it just be something that comes naturally? Why the struggle? Well. That would be impossible. Let me explain it this way. For love to be love, there has to be an option for rejection, or else we're robots, right? And so the beauty of love is that it can, it can only exist on the foundation of freedom. So the option of rejection has to be there, or else it is not love. You can make people do a lot of things, right? If you're in war and you're captured and you're tortured, they can probably make you do a lot of things uh, against your will. The only thing that they cannot make you do is love. Because love, I mean, you can make, it, you can make the person say, I love you, right? But that's not, they're not going to be truly loving because love, for it to be love, has to be set on the foundation of freedom. It has to be given freely. So we have this choice, brothers and sisters. We have this choice every single day. We have the proverbial tree in front of us. We have to make a decision. Are we going to worship God or are we going to worship something else? Every single day. Worshiping God is what we were created to do. Worshiping anything else is idolatry. and We are not created for this. In the Old Testament, we know this, there's the animal sacrifices, right? Literal animal sacrifices before God. This is the shadow of what was going to come with Jesus being the sacrificial lamb. All this in the Old Testament was a, was a shadow of the, of the real thing, which is, which is Jesus, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But now our, our worship is different. Now our worship is different. Now, you may think... That since in the Old Testament they sacrificed, right? They sacrificed in the Old Testament, and then Jesus was the sacrificial lamb that took away the sins of the world, that now in our present period of time, that was taken care of, this was taken care of, and so now I'm not, I don't have to do anything. I'm just, you know. So just for clarification, Jesus paid the whole price for our salvation. 
So salvation is all, is all on Christ. He paid the whole price. We are only recipients of this salvation. But we have a destination. We have a way to live. We have the option. How are we going to live now that we have received this salvation? And that's the question that I want us to think about a little bit today. It's a question of worship. What are we going to attribute worth to in our lives? Look at what the Apostle Paul says. I'm going to read it again. It says, Romans 12, 1, I, just, I read that at the beginning. It says, therefore, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer, what? Your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so worship that is true and proper, there is worship that is true and proper, and then there is worship that is not true and proper. I know we pick on the Pharisees a lot, and so I thought we would keep doing that. <laughs> Matthew 15 says this, these people, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I said earlier, singing songs to Jesus is not necessarily synonymous of worship. Okay, so from the perspective of Jesus, when he walks in here and he sees us uh, worshiping and singing songs and praying and declaring all these things, he's not necessarily impressed. And here's why. Because it is possible to honor Christ with our lips, but our hearts to be far from him. You see, true worship is always about the heart and it is always about love. Always. Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says this, You, God, you, do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. So we bring it into our context this morning. God, you, do not, you don't delight in mere singing. You don't take pleasure in elaborate prayers or words. What you want, oh God, is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That is true and proper worship. Okay? I'll explain it again. I'm going to read the same verse one more time. Romans 12.1 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Old Testament, you present these, these sacrifices to God. Dead bird, dead bull, dead ram, dead goat, okay? Some you think in the New Testament, no more sacrifices. Jesus did it all. We can do whatever we want. Not so fast. We no longer place a dead animal on the sacrificial altar. Now you place yourself not to die for your own sins because Christ already did that, but now you place yourself on the altar to live your life for Jesus, That is true and proper worship, to be a living sacrifice. Worship means to bow down. It's this. It's this. It's just, Lord God, I, here I am. Everything that I have, everything that I have is yours. Everything. My life, my family, my possessions, my talents, my hopes, my dreams, my plans, my relationships, my worry, my pain, my anxiety, my depression, my sexuality, my past, my insecurities. I put them all on the altar 
before God. They're all yours. And I'm all yours. This is, is true and proper worship, period. This is, that's what it is. So my question to you this morning is this. How do you feel about placing your entire life today, this morning, before the altar of God and becoming a living sacrifice for him? Here's the thing. We're willing to do a few things, right? Like some things. And I, and I get it. Like I have full disclosure. Well, no, not full. Half disclosure. I won't tell you what it is. But there's this one thing in my life that I put it on the altar for a little bit, and then I take it back. And I'm like, oh, I know. Okay, then I put it back. That's just reality. And I think that I'm not alone here. Putting everything on the altar seems like a lot. We want to leave some for ourselves. Seems like that would be better. However, the Bible describes, listen to this, that any part of your life that is not placed on the altar is not true and proper worship. And whatever is not true and proper worship, I'm sorry, it's idolatry is what it is. Idolatry is attributing value to anything above God. Anything. Tim Keller, who's an American theologian, some of you guys know him, he defines idolatry as trusting that we will find hope, happiness, and meaning in created things and not the creator. You see, we were created to place our entire life on the altar, to be a living sacrifice. That is true and proper worship. And that's how we find our place in the world, too. That's how we understand how we're supposed to flow in life. We were created to worship God. When we do anything other than that, life feels like a heavy burden. It becomes awkward. We are called to worship in harmony with all of creation. So my question to you this morning is, is there something in your life that you have not placed on the altar? I guess a better question would be, what is it? Not, is there something? What is it? I think we all have something. And if you don't, thank you, Jesus, for being in the room. Welcome. Like, he's probably the only, like, literally, you know what I'm saying? We all have something. We all have something. What is it? I want, you to, I want us to think about that. I have, like I said before, something in my life that I need to get off of there. Okay? So what is it? What is it? What is it in your life that you haven't given over to God? Is it your finances? Is it your relationships? Your family? A rebellious child, possessions, talents, hopes, dreams, plans, worries, all these things. An addiction, perhaps, that you need to place on the altar before God. So today, today I'm going to ask you that you give that up today. That we give that up to God today and we place it on the altar before the Lord. So I'm going to, I'm going to end with this. It's kind of a tag to our, to our message today. And I, I feel this in my heart today. I feel this strongly in my heart today. I want to talk about what happens in service. I want to talk about what happens every Sunday in service. And I want to, I want to this may sound strange, but I, I feel this so strong. I felt this this whole week. I want to officially give you permission to amen when you agree with something. I want to officially give you, give you permission to, to raise your hands in worship. I want to officially just give you permission to, to sing loud, to stand, to be expressive, to, to agree with something that you hear. Do you know that the Bible invites us to express ourselves this way? Psalm 102 says this, Worship the Lord with gladness. 
Come before him with joyful songs. Psalm 98, 4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Psalm 150, 3, 4, and 5 says this, Praise him with the sounding of trumpet. We'd have trumpets, but you know what I mean. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings, Tony, right? Pipes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals, Caleb, right? With resounding cymbal, a gong, right? I mean, let's make some noise. Hebrews 13 15 says this, Though Jesus, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. We're called to do this. I want this for us. And now, let me just unpack it here a little bit. I want us to be, to be loud, to be passionate. I want, I, want, I want to give you permission to do that. But I want you to do that if that's who you are. I don't want you to make, some, make you do something that you don't want to do. Because maybe you're thinking here, I'm just not a passionate person. And that may be true. And if you're simply not a passionate person, I don't want you to feel like you have to be something that you're not. Maybe you're just not a passionate person. But let me push you on that just a little bit. Because maybe... You need to think about when you go to your favorite concert of your favorite band. Or maybe you need to think about when you watch your favorite team score a touchdown. Now, if you have your favorite team score a touchdown and your reaction to that is, that was pretty cool. That was just, it was a good, good. I think they did a good job today. Like if that's you, that's you. I don't want to make you do something that you're going to feel uncomfortable with. But let me, let me propose to you that if that is not you, if your reaction to everything isn't just like that, it's possible that you want to, that there's something in your heart that says, I just want to scream out for joy. I want to lift up my hands. I want to sing to the King of Kings. But I don't know why I don't. If that's you, I want to give you permission. Not that I have to give you permission, but I want you to know it's okay. It's okay to do that. Okay? And maybe you're here and you're like, I'm not, maybe you still, maybe you don't like the music. Or maybe you're feeling like you don't like the song. Well, let me just also add this. We don't worship because we feel it. We worship because we serve a God who deserves to be worshipped, period. Okay? And so let this moment in here, in this space, be, be an outpouring of a broken and contrite heart that along with our bodies have been offered as living sacrifices. So on the same note, Maybe when you're worshiping or you're listening to a message, you want to, work, you want to sing a song to God and you're like, I'm, just, I'm not there yet. Like I'm singing, I give you everything, God, right? But you're like, I'm, I don't. Like I know I don't. And you're like, it seems like I'm being fake by doing that. Let me tell you that sometimes you need to praise Jesus before you're there. Does that make sense? Like sometimes you have to present the desire like, God, I want to be in that space. I want to give it all to you. But sometimes you have to declare it before you live it. This is where I want to be. So I want to officially give you a green light. There's just one rule though. While I'm preaching, please don't come up on stage and throw pixie dust in my face. That's all. That's all. That's one rule. One rule. Some of you guys got that. Some of you didn't. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to leave that behind us. So I want what happens here in our hands to be an outpour of what happens here. So here's a question. I'm going to end with this. What would your life look like 
if you were completely surrendered to God? What would your marriage look like if your marriage was completely surrendered to Jesus? What would the impact of a church be that was completely surrendered to God? This is our calling. And this is not a matter of salvation. This is a matter of calling. This is why we're here. We are here to worship Jesus, to lift up his name, not just in song, not just in speech, not just in prayer, but to be a living sacrifice. Here I am, God. I am yours. I am yours to be used by you to declare your glory in every interaction that I have, every decision that I make. That's why we're here. Someone called me this week um, and, and said something that I, I, I just, I can't forget it. I can't forget it. He called me on the phone. He was praying for me. He was praying for the church. And he says this. He says, he told me, I have this phrase in my mind that keeps coming to me. He says, when God sets a church on fire, everyone will see its light. So I want to I ask if we can just close our eyes for a minute. I'm going to say a few things and then I'm going to pray. If we can just bow our heads and close our eyes. Because maybe you're here today and there's, there's just something that you're holding back. There's always something. But there's something specifically right now that you're holding back. I know what my thing is. Maybe it's a financial aspect, relationship. Maybe it's a family, a rebellious child, dream. Like, I don't know. There's something that you need to place before the altar of the Lord today. So I want to ask you to do that today. And all we're going to do, just in a symbolic way, is... Um, you're just going to place your hands before you. You guys can, can peek up. Just, just go like this. Just go like this. It's like, it's like we're offering something to God, okay? And so, God, this morning, we want to place ourselves on the altar. We want to be a living sacrifice. We know you've given it all to us. You became the sacrificial lamb. It is finished. You paid the price. There's nothing that we can add to our salvation. However, we are called to live a life of worship to you. And so we present this thing before you this morning, this area of our lives, we give it up to you because we want to be a living sacrifice. This is our calling. We want to obey you. We want to live in the way that you've called us to live. So we pray these things in Jesus' name.